0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Peter was on fire. Peter was having one of those days where it just seems like everything is going right. Maybe one of those days where all three of your children sleep in the same morning. Or one of those days where you've gotten a foot of snow and you're getting your boots on to go out and shovel the driveway and you realize someone, one of your neighbors, has already taken care of it for you. One of those days where your coffee tastes just a little bit better for some reason. Where your crossword just kind of seems to fill itself in in the morning. Where you get to work and you're just productive and on task and everything is just flowing exactly the way it's supposed to be. One of those days where it just feels like everything is conspiring to your benefit, Peter was on fire. And everything he touched seemed like it was turning to gold. But things hadn't always been this easy for Peter. Peter hadn't always been on fire. In fact, there were some days where you might say that Peter was ice cold. The first denial came easier than he could have imagined. It was one of those nights where nothing was seeming to go right where everything seemed like it was not going according to plan, where everything seemed like it was falling apart. And Peter just had this empty feeling in his stomach, that feeling of directionlessness, of not knowing where you're supposed to be going, of not knowing what's going on, that emptiness that just seems to fill you. And as he gingerly worked his way into the courtyard, the person holding the gate open for him stopped him. You look familiar. The person who's on trial, you're one of his people, right? And he didn't even try to stop himself. The lie came so easy. I don't know the guy. And that pit in his stomach seemed to get just a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. It was a cold night, and the ice-cold Peter found himself gravitating towards the fire, trying to find even some superficial warmth and light in this dark, chilly evening. And as he stood there nervously rubbing his hands, pondering what would come next, another individual looked closely at him and raised the question again, you look familiar, weren't you one of this guy's followers? Peter again replied, I don't know the man. But the crowd persisted. No, 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 your accent gives you away, they said. You have to be one of his followers. You have to know this guy. And calling down a curse upon himself, he swore before the whole group, I do not know the man. And the words had scarcely left his lips before a rooster crowed. And the man whom he had called friend, teacher, even Lord, looked across the crowded courtyard and made eye contact with Peter. And Peter couldn't take it. He ran out into the darkness, away from the fire, away from the warmth, away from the light, and sat down alone and broken and empty. And Peter wept. See what made it even worse for Peter So that just a few hours prior his Lord had told him this would happen. Peter had been gathered together with his friends, his closest friends, brothers that he had journeyed with for three years now. And at the center of their journeys, at the center of their dinner that evening, the center of this holy night was their teacher. And as they reclined at the table together, as they partook of this sacred meal within their life as God's people, this teacher continued to tell them many things. He continued to try to speak into the midst of their lives, knowing that this would be the last chance he really had with just them, before all the pieces seemed to fall apart. And as he sat there talking to his disciples, to his followers, to his friends, he told them that they would all fall away, that they would all deny him, that they would all scatter to the four winds. But Peter, brave, bold Peter, stood up in the group and he said, Lord, far be it from me, everyone else in the room might fall away, but I, never, Lord, I would die for you. And Peter's Lord looked him in the eye and shook his head. Not tonight, Peter, tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me not once, not twice, but three times. And so as Peter sat there weeping in the darkness, It was with that certainty that his Lord knew what he had done. That Peter wasn't good enough. But you see, these denials weren't the only thing that Jesus had promised to his disciples earlier that evening as they sat together drinking in their teacher's words, he promised them something. Or perhaps more accurately, he promised them someone. He told them that he would leave, but that in his place, he would send a helper, a comforter, someone that would dwell in their hearts that would change their lives. And so when we see Peter on fire, we see a Peter that is filled with something different. A Peter who is almost literally on fire, a tongue of flame standing above his head. And as he and those disciples gathered together in the room, a rushing wind fills the city of Jerusalem and they begin to speak. These uneducated fishermen, tax collectors, sinners, speaking in tongues so that everyone in the city can understand them and in fact everyone in the city is wondering what on earth is going on. Have these guys been hit in the bottle too early? And in the midst of these questions, in the midst of this doubt, in the midst of this miracle, who should stand up but Peter? That same Peter who was empty and broken in the garden now is filled with something that is beyond his understanding. And he can't help but stand in front of the crowds and proclaim to them God's story of salvation. The words seem to be dropping from this fisherman's lips, like honey. Words that just crystallize and form this beautiful picture, this portrait of what God has been doing in the lives of his people for thousands of years. He opens up the scriptures, the Old Testament, so that all those listening can understand that nothing has happened that God has not foretold. And as he preaches, this same Peter that denied Jesus three times on the night of his betrayal closes with this line. Let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And all those who hear Peter's message are cut to the heart. They cry out to Peter, Peter, what must we do to be saved? What needs to happen? And he responds in turn, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of all of your sins. The promise is for you and your children and all whom the Lord has called. And you, too, will receive the Holy Spirit. This thing that is filling me, it's going to be a part of your life, too. It's going to be in you, too. You see, brothers and sisters in Christ, I think we don't often picture ourselves as part of that first Pentecost story. And yet, Peter says that we are. Because Peter reminds us that all whom the Lord has called, all whom the Lord has placed his name on, they've been brought in to God's story. You and I and all believers in every time and place have been brought into God's story of salvation. And what's more than that, the Holy Spirit has been placed in us. The Holy Spirit, God's living Spirit, is in you and in me. That same Spirit that took a humble fisherman, someone who denied his Lord and Savior, and transformed him into the world's most effective evangelist. Someone who preached to a crowd and had 3,000 people reached by his words. The same spirit that transformed this coward into someone that would die for his Lord. It's the same spirit that changes us. That changes us from bankers or nurses or students or teachers or stay-at-home moms or lawyers or retirees and changes us into the people of God that fills us with the fruit of the Spirit with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and self-control. Paul says this beautifully in Galatians chapter 2. He writes this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Peter has been crucified with Christ. Paul has been crucified with Christ. Zach has been crucified with Christ. John has been crucified with Christ. Emily has been crucified with Christ. Do you understand how full this promise is? Do you hear how this promise has to go with you, that you can't just set it aside after Sunday morning worship, that it has to go with us through every moment of every day? It is no longer we who live, but Christ in us. It is Christ that gets up with us in the morning. It is Christ that lays down at night. It is Christ that goes into the office or into the classroom or to the gas station or to the grocery store. It is no longer we who live but Christ in us. This is a promise that goes beyond something we can reach out and touch. It's something that fills our lives, that takes broken and empty and beat up people and transforms us into God's witnesses in the world. Yes, brothers and sisters in Christ, there are going to be days where we feel like we don't know what's going on, where it feels like nothing is going according to plan, where we're just weak, broken down, sickly people, people that can't possibly be God's instruments in this world. And yet it's on those days where we need to set ourselves aside, where we need to remember not, we're not who we think we are, but we are who God has called us. We are who God has placed his spirit in. We are the temple of the living God, God's holy people. And that spirit forces us to look out and to point up, to live our lives in such a way that as we look at the world around us, as we see people who are broken and hurting, we step in to their lives. As we see people who are in need, who are hungry, who are sick, we reach into their lives and provide for them. And through it all, we continue to be brought into God's story. We continue to try to bring others into that same story, the Spirit filling us and overflowing so that all might look and see Him might see the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Amen.